You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. We've got a spoiler confirmation. We've got an update on the email situation. One of the contestants speaks out on social media. We've got a week seven date analysis from Bachelor Data on Instagram. And then I'll probably talk about the Traders reunion show that I watched yesterday as well. And we will get to that momentarily. This podcast is brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. Go to greenchef.com slash realitysteve60 and use code realitysteve60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash realitysteve60. Use code realitysteve60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. All right. Let's get going here. Biggest news of the day yesterday in Bachelor Nation world. I'm sure a lot of you either saw it yourself, were made aware of it, saw it on Instagram accounts. But what happened was an Instagram account by the name of Bachelor Sherlock. Last time I checked, they were private. So they had posted and it was sent to me. Somehow they got a picture of... Zach and his final choice. Oh, by the way, spoiler update here. Just in case you don't know the spoiler and don't want to know, I'll give you time to mute your podcast or fast forward in three seconds. Three, two, one. Okay. So Instagram account Bachelor Sherlock got a picture of Zach on the final day of filming, and he's clearly with Katie, proving that um, Zach chose Katie in the end. On February 6th, I posted this on my Instagram. I posted it on my website, and I said, Zach is engaged to Katie Bigger. And I said, I'm well aware that for the last two months, another site has posted that Gabby is the winner. All I can say is this. My sources have told me it's Katie. My sources obviously told them something different in Gabby. I stand by my sources, and I'm sure they'll stand by theirs. Now it's just up to everyone else to determine who they choose to believe I'll bet on myself. I hope you guys did too. Nothing more to say. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the email issues that I was having the last few days. It looks like it is fixed because I got a ton of emails at steve at realitysteve.com yesterday. And I think that from what I've been told, my DNS had to be reset. And it was reset yesterday. And right after it was reset, I was able to get emails right away. And then when I was talking to Bachelor Data, Susanna, she worked in tech before. And she says, basically, there's tons of server hubs around the U.S. and the world. Each of them refresh at different times. So even if Bachelor Data sent me an email and Susanna sent me an email because I told her to send me one and test it and I got it, other people's may still see theirs bounce. Maybe some of you emailed me yesterday and your email got sent back to you. Just know that, give it a little bit of time. We're not getting off of the Steve at Reality Steve email. That's always going to be my email. So just hit me up there. And if it gets bounced back, it shouldn't in the next 24 hours or so. But I got a ton of emails yesterday, so it certainly looked like everything's working and good to go there. But yeah, that was really weird on Monday because my work revolves around a lot of emails and to not have any emails coming through, I was like, this is bizarre. 
It was just a weird day. I felt like nobody liked me. I just felt all lonely that nobody sent me an email. I'm like, what the hell? What the hell is going on? And uh, yeah, um, not that, you know, look, and I'm not someone that sits here. You know, the people that leave emails unattended and have like 1,500 emails in their inbox and they don't even look like that's not me. I'm one of these zero guys. I don't have any notifications showing on my phone. It would drive me up a wall if I did. Yes, I'm very well aware there are people out there that have 500 text messages unread and thousands of emails. I just, I don't understand that to the least bit. It'll never make sense to me, someone who does that. Regardless, um, I just had, you know, not only did I have no notifications on my phone, but I never got one at any point during the day. So yeah, it was, uh, it was weird because as long as I've had this email address, steve at realitysteve.com, I do not think I've ever, ever had a day where I, where it went down. Maybe it was a, there was a time where it wouldn't load and I could only get it on my desktop and my phone wasn't loading. And when I was trying to hit refresh and it just wouldn't, I've had that happen a couple of times. So I wasn't able to access email from my phone, but I was able to get emails. If people sent them to me, I just had to be near my computer yesterday. That was the first time Monday into Tuesday. That was the first time I had ever been in a situation where if you sent me an email, it was getting bounced back to you, basically saying this email address doesn't exist. But everything's been reset. We're good to go. So we know one of the big storylines from Monday night's episode was Kat having to deal with the interruption of Brooklyn and taking a lot of heat for going and pulling Zach to the hallway and kissing him before he had his one-on-one date with Charity. And her sitting down with Ariel and Ariel telling her, like, you know, probably something you shouldn't have done. And then she tried to defend herself by saying, you know, you realize I only did this because I didn't get to see him in London because he had COVID. Do you really think I would have done this? And Ariel's like, well, you did do it. So that's what we have to go off of. And Kat took a lot of heat on social media. She responded yesterday on Twitter and said this, what wasn't shown last night were my apologies and accountability the moment I could. Unless you have been emerged in this experience, you cannot understand what comes with trying to manage the delicate balance between your friendships and your relationship. And then someone asked her, does this imply something else about Kat? When Brooklyn asked her, would you have done the same thing about Jess? And Kat said, only implies that Jess was my closest friend in the house and, I, and knew I was upset that she left the night before. Sad to see it took time away from two adult women trying to have a mature conversation. So, again, it's why, and trust me, I did this years ago. It was my whole shtick was to just jump all over contestants. Anybody who's read anything I've written or said on a podcast in the last two years is well aware. I'm out of that game. I'm not going to jump down these contestants' throat. Will I criticize? Yes, but I'm not going to throw hate. I'm not going to have vendettas against contestants. I'm going to report things that I see that air. And if I find out something that happens behind the scenes, I'll approach that as well. But I'm not going to sit here and berate Kat because she took a guy out into a hallway before he went on a one-on-one date. You read my column yesterday. I said she shouldn't have done it. Why does it have to be like, oh my God, she's the worst person in the world? No, she shouldn't have done it. And when she was confronted about it, she should have had a better understanding of what she did at the time. But just like everything else in life, life, you live and you learn. 
clearly by her sending that tweet out, she now understands what she did. In the moment, did she? Absolutely not, because she was really trying to defend herself, and she wasn't understanding, like, look, you didn't have to do that. I'm sure all the women would have loved to take him out in the hallway before Charity's date, but you did, so that's all we can go off of. And my whole thing with Brooklyn at the cocktail party before the rose ceremony was that was extreme, and that was clearly producers told her to go in there and stir shit up. Because, first off, this didn't even concern Brooklyn. Cat stealing Zach before his date with Charity, what does that have to do with Brooklyn? Nothing. She's just inserting herself because a producer got in her ear and told her to. And Charity says, okay, rather than have this sniping back and forth, rather than have gossiping and girls saying this and us going off in little clicks, Charity's going to go right to Kat and say, hey, let's talk. Perfectly normal, exactly what she should have done. Talk to her face to face. Brooklyn had no business going in on that conversation. None. She was wrong in that situation. Kat was wrong for taking him out in the hallway in the first place. Brooklyn was wrong for going in when Charity pulls Kat aside to talk to her by herself. Why is Brooklyn even remotely approaching this conversation? She shouldn't have. But again, that's all it is. It doesn't have to be team this and team Brooklyn and I love Brooklyn and Stan Brooklyn and Stan Cat knows Cat's in the right and no Brooklyn's in the right and team charity. Who gives a shit about any of this? You know? Pretty much all these women are going to be down to paradise when we're talking about them again in three months. We already know what happens this season, how the rest of the season plays out. You know? There's no reason to jump down anybody's throat. I hope nobody attacked Brooklyn. I hope nobody attacked Cat. Certainly nobody attacked Charity. She didn't do anything wrong. But I hope nobody went after any of these women yesterday for what they did on the show. You can criticize and be like, yeah, not a good move. She shouldn't have done that. And that's all I did. And that's all you say. And that's what most people should say. But this extreme of everything is so black and white and you have to choose teams and you have to come down on these women for what they... No, you don't. Not on something like that. If it's something totally egregious that they did, something that's, you know borderline problematic behavior, then yes, you can call them out for something more than that and be a little more stern. But she pulled a guy into a hallway to kiss him before a date, and I'm supposed to lose my shit over this? No, it's not going to happen. All I said was, she shouldn't have done it. And she should understand that if you do choose to do that, you're going to get criticized, which is what she did. But I just leave it at, shouldn't have done it. I mean, I'm just leaving it at that. Some people are taking it further, calling her names. You know, it's just, why? It's the point. Okay, one of the other things was the biggest issue from the episode on Monday night was the fact about Zach and, I keep wanting to say Greer, but I keep it's Jess. Zach and Jess conversation, and we know what happened. Jess basically had seen the writing on the wall that the fact that they were in week six and her and Greer were the only two that hadn't had a one-on-one date at that point, she knew the writing was on the wall that she was headed home, either that episode or the next episode. So she confronts Zach about it. Zach tells her, hey, don't worry about it. And in this situation, the way I looked at it once again was, hey, they're both kind of in the wrong here. Zach's wrong for telling Jess to her face the one-on-ones don't mean much when that's a flat-out lie. He knows exactly how important the one-on-ones are. And Jess was, I wouldn't say, maybe not necessarily saying she was in the wrong But I think after a while, she could have let it go because Zach just kept telling her, don't focus on it. And while she probably knew in the back of her head, well, that's what he's supposed to say, she kept harping on it when she didn't need to. 
she could have just realized in the back of her head, I realize I am going home either this episode or the next one because I haven't gotten a one-on-one, but I'm going to keep telling him no. And like I said, maybe not necessarily wrong. I just think she could have made it known that I'm disappointed. I did not get a one-on-one. I think they are very important, and I just wish I would have gotten one up to this point. But I respect that you know, you've only had seven up to this point. There's nine of us left. So two can't get. It's physically impossible for everybody to have gotten it. I would have understood it more on Jess's end if there was only seven women left and somebody had just gotten a second one-on-one before she got a first, which we have seen numerous times in the past. It has happened in the past, and those women basically knew they were dead meat, and they were dead in the water, and they were going home soon. So I didn't really have a major issue with Jess, and... While I didn't believe that Zach, I don't believe Zach is malicious at heart or whatever, he's only given out seven through the six episodes. And Greer and Jess just happen to be the two that didn't get one. But him downplaying how important one-on-ones are, I think, was his mistake in that episode. Does it make him a horrible person? No. Does it make him a villain? No. Does it make him a malicious asshole? No. Does it make him a quote-unquote total dick like the insufferable narcissistic windbag called him no it doesn't can i trademark that by the way i gotta look into that anyway i think that's where the extreme comes in it's like he made a mistake he could have went about it a better way i don't think it's a giant red flag that oh my god ladies don't ever date this guy look at what he does He's on a television show where he's put in a very bizarre position. All these leads are. So I don't read too much into it. And he could have handled it better. He didn't have to lie about the the lack of importance of one-on-one dates. But now taking Jess's stance on this, Bachelor Data followed up with a great chart, which is the last 12 seasons of The Bachelor who had never had a one-on-one date going into week seven, which is going to be, well, if it Jess would have stuck around, it would have been Jess, but Jess and Greer. Now, going into next week, episode seven, which is always the episode before hometown dates, we're looking at Greer, is the only one who hasn't had a one-on-one date. In the show's history, that woman, outside of two instances in the last 12 seasons, gets eliminated in week seven. For Clayton, it was Genevieve. She never got a one-on-one all season. She was on the two-on-one with Shanae. She lasts to week seven, but then gets eliminated on the group date. Abigail, same thing. Never had a one-on-one. Got to the group date, eliminated week seven. Or maybe she left on her own, whatever it was. I don't remember. But when I say eliminate, I'm just saying gone that episode. Jasenia on Matt James' season as well. Didn't have a one-on-one date through the first six episodes. Eliminated on a one-on-one date in week seven. Natasha, Peter Weber season. No one-on-one dates through the first six episodes. Got one in episode seven eliminated there Colton didn't have anybody who got to episode seven who hadn't had a one-on-one date already now Ari and Nick Ari took Kendall Kendall hadn't even had a one-on-one but in episode seven got to final three she had no one-on-one date prior to hometowns and on Nick's season Corinne had no one-on-one dates prior to hometowns Emily Ferguson one of the twins on Ben Higgins season never had a one-on-one date got eliminated in episode seven Everybody on Chris Soule's season, everybody on Juan Pablo's season had had one-on-ones before Episode 7. Sean Lowe, Tierra, 
her eyes sparkle or whatever. Don't kill her sparkle or shine or whatever it was. Didn't have her one on first one-on-one until episode seven, eliminated that week. Ben Flanick, all his women had one. Brad Womack, part two. Britt got her first one-on-one, episode seven. He sent her home. So if you have not had a one-on-one date by episode seven, you are not going to win. And Jess probably saw that writing on the wall. That's why she reacted the way she did. But it was just the continuing when Zach is sitting there telling you maybe she just should have just made it known. She had every right to make it known, which she did. But then she just kept going. And it's just like, okay, he just told you to your face, hey, let's not con- let's not focus on that. And maybe Zach in that moment should have said, let's not focus on that because I can only give out, I've only given out seven up to this point. It would be physically impossible for every single one of you to have gotten a one-on-one by this point in the show. Episode six, which was Estonia. He'd only given out one in episode two to Christina, two in episode three to Allie and Katie, two in episode four to Brooklyn and Kat, and one in episode five because of COVID to Gabby. And then in episode six, two more, Ariel and Charity. So there you go. Seven. Somebody was not going to get it. And it happens every season for the most part. Well, there's a few that I just went over that said, you know, nobody got it. Everyone had gotten a one-on-one by the time episode seven rolled around. But, you know, there's only so much you can do. And I thought it was a great chart to kind of show everybody that, yeah, we kind of know how this works. Like, even if there were no spoilers the whole season, as you watch the show, the people that get one-on-one dates are the ones that are making it far. Because you only get, until the episode before Hometowns, everybody only really gets one. So of those seven or eight that are given out, four of those are probably getting to the final, are going to be part of your final four, you know? And finally, let's end with this. Yesterday, I don't know if you saw it, it was released on Peacock, was The Traders. Season one filmed a reunion show. It was 48 minutes long. It was on Peacock, and I watched it. I thought it was good. Very choppy editing once again. It's very much like any of the reunion shows you see hosted by by Andy Cohen. I think the biggest thing that I took out of it is Christian is dating um, Geraldine. It's his name, Christian, right? Yeah. He's dating Geraldine, and... What Rachel Riley had told me when she came on the podcast with me was that she thought Andy was still very upset with Sari for how Sari kind of played on the emotion of the game and went to the personal side of it and then had to backstab and win the money. And it seemed going into that reunion, and while they were filming it, Andy still had an issue with how Sari won the game and made it known. And so did um, Quentin. He did the same thing. Like He made it known to Sari that I felt you took it too far by playing on the fact that and bringing up the fact that both of us had kids on the way. She said, well, I didn't say you had kids on the way. You just said I knew your situation. And that was her way of basically saying we were going to go after Ari, get him out, and then she was going to split. And Quentin and Andy were under the impression that they were going to get basically 80000 each, you know, 250 split for uh, three ways. 
But then Sari pulled the card or pulled the rock or whatever and the red rock and decided to tell them, I'm, I'm the trainer. I'm going to win this. And, you know, for people who haven't been on reality TV before, like Andy and Quentin, I fully expected that would be their reaction. But in a game like this, in a game called Traitors, I don't think Sari did anything wrong. She played the perfect game. And unfortunately, when you do go on a reality competition show there are some people absolutely I'm not saying there aren't any out there but there are some people absolutely that cannot separate personal game from the game playing and Andy got very attached to Sari and when Sari did that she took it personally where it was really a game move and then Sari basically ended the reunion by saying I understand you're hurt but at no point in the closeness that we developed during the show Am I dismissive of that just because I ended up winning in the end? I still cherish everything you ever told me. I still cherish our friendship. And then they hugged it out. And that's the way it should be. I understand that there are people that take the game personally sometimes, whether it's Survivor, whether it's Big Brother. You know, we talk about bitter juries all the time when I have Stephen Fishback on or anybody from Big Brother. And you just can't. In a game where money is at stake, you got to be aware that at any point, Somebody that you might think is the greatest human in the world is capable of pulling a move on you and getting you out of the game to advance their game, and it's just a game move. Now, if somebody does that and they're a total dick about it and they don't give a shit about your feelings and you find out or they admit to you, I faked it the whole time to advance in the game, then I think you have a reason to be pissed at that person and take it personally. But that's not what Sari did. And I'm glad she made that clear to Andy, and I'm glad that they were able to hug it out. And Sari played a hell of a game. And I can't wait because Traders Season 2 has been renewed on Peacock. We don't know any details. We don't know when it films. We don't know if it's going to be all reality TV people, if it's going to be all new people, or if they're going to do the 10 and 10 mix again. But knowing that people that are going on next season have probably watched Season 1, they definitely need to change a few things now because it might just be too obvious. The number one thing being something that Rachel brought up on the podcast was people arriving at the breakfast the next morning. The last one in the door was always somebody that was on the chopping block. So clearly they can't do that. And we know that those people aren't traitors. So you can't, I don't know how they're going to change that, but they have to because now if they didn't change anything in season two, people are going to be like, yeah, the last person in is clearly not a traitor because they had to do it for dramatic purposes for the viewing audience that oh, who who got bo- who got booted. So anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Glad the spoiler is correct. Please rate, subscribe and review in Apple podcasts. And we will be back tomorrow with yet another daily roundup. So thank you all for listening. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you.